Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hello, hello, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. So glad to have you guys here this week. Uh, we have a guest, Alan Stevens, with us today, and we're going a little bit of a different direction this week on our show. Alan is an international profile and communications specialist. He is regularly featured on national TV, radio, and the press all over the world, profiling the likes of our leading politicians, TV and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty. Alan helps people make sense of their life and their relationships, helping them enhance their relationships through meaningful communications. He works with businesses, health professionals, teachers, coaches, and parents, all with a unique form of rapid trait profiling, which we're going to ask him here in a little bit what that exactly means. And he's done this with clients uh, that you probably have heard of. Disney Films, Gillette, uh, the Australian Federal Police, uh, as well as tons of other smaller uh, companies. And he has a very unique and unrivaled uh, method of doing this in, in the field of reading people. So, uh, Alan, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. So before before we I, I started this, I just I kind of want to even preface with our audience that at some level, if you are selling uh, clients, marketing yourself to people, if you're ever in a room with other people and you're presenting your creative work, um, if you're even on like online on a Zoom room meeting, that at some level we are under uh, subconsciously our bodies and our minds are reading people constantly yet I don't think anybody that I know has ever really been trained in this and this is like your superpower which is why we wanted to bring you on the show is to talk about this whole profiling and trait reading and uh, and help us because I think in the client services space reading people is such an important part of what we do yet there's there's very little content and information out there about this that's absolutely right. 
So how did you get into this? Like, what was the thing that teed you up and said, you know what, I'm going to get into the business of, of, uh, of reading people for, for a living? Well, it came from probably my uh, experiences from early age when I first started work. Um, at the age of 23, I'd finished all my training in the telecommunication industry. And I was sent from Sydney to Newcastle on what was to be a, a temporary transfer. Ended up being, uh, you know, I'm st still in Newcastle all these years later. But what actually happened, I was put in charge of a group of people who were all older than me. And in fact, one of the guys had been my super supervisor in Sydney earlier on. And my second in charge was 15 years older than me. So I was 23 and he was 38. So I had to uh, learn very quickly how to get people on site. Um, then uh, in the, uh, oh, about uh, mid thirties, I joined the surf club. And at this point I'm thinking, right, I'm the same age now as everybody else uh, in the club. But as they reminded me along the way that I'd only been there for five minutes as far as I were concerned. And they'd been there since I were young children. So, here I was uh, promoted to uh, club captain and then to his own supervisor looking after three surf clubs. And so now I had to deal with the uh, fact of being, being the least experienced person there, but being in charge again. And then uh, towards the late, uh, my late thirties, I became a single father looking after three boys, you know, the youngest one being four and the oldest one being 12. So now I had all the issues of understanding all that. Through all that time, I seemed to manage and it seemed to be intuitive, uh, not so much that I had any training. And over the years, I started getting more interested in finding out about people and what made them tick. And in that process, um, looked at a whole range of different modalities, different techniques, and started developing uh, what I've now called rapid trait profiling. And that's how it all came about. So it was a necessity to be able to read people and I wasn't very good at it all the way through. But uh, picking the skills up made a difference. Yeah. So give us a, uh, a quick elevator pitch on rapid trait profiling. What are the things that you're able to discern from somebody based on maybe different levels of information, everything from, I think you mentioned before in our pre-interview about being able to just look at somebody's LinkedIn profile and be able to make some certain uh, profiling assumptions uh, all the way up to, I'm sure, in person or having more in-depth time with somebody. What you'll actually find is that uh, first thing I look at is the facial features. Now, a lot of people say you're looking at somebody's facial features and you're determining their personality. How does that happen? Well, very quickly think of somebody who's been working out. If you lift weights, you're going to develop muscles and you can see those in another person who's been uh, exercising. If you think in a continual way, uh, you're very deep uh, concentration, et cetera, those, you'll pull an expression on your face and it's the, the development of those muscles that tell me how the, you've, over history, if you'd like to uh, think and process. So all I need to do is see your photograph and I know how you uh, like to think and like to be spoken to. In, uh, when I've got you face to face, then I know the words that I can actually use by, based on that profile. But I've got your body language in the micro expressions, those little twitches on your face that tell me exactly what you're feeling as I'm talking to you. So I look at the, the uh, facial features. I go, okay, that's your personality, but I'm not arrogant enough to say, this is who you are. What I do is I then start talking to you in the way that that tells me I should talk to you and I get my feedback in your body language and the expressions to know that I've got it right. So it's very much kind of taking an educated guess and then 
based on how somebody's reacting to a different communication style, you're getting real-time feedback on whether you're on the right track and kind of pivoting or, or tacking as that conversation is, is progressing. That's exactly right. So if you've got the uh, facial uh, features and you know how that they like to, you know, how they like to take in information, how much information do they like to receive? So if you're just writing a proposal for them, you know how to actually write that proposal based on what you can see in their face. Then uh, when you actually uh, have the, um, them in real life, you're able to see them, you get the feedback through those expressions so you can know straight away that you've got it right. If you're talking on the phone, the body language comes through in the tone of voice. As they say that in communications, you've got words, you've got uh, the tone of voice, you've got body language. When you're talking to somebody face-to-face, the words are only worth 7%. Over the phone, people think, oh, they go up a, high, you know, a, a large amount, but then you go up to about 17, 18%. So the body language transfers into the tone. You try talking to somebody on the phone when you're sitting back in a relaxed position and talk with an authoritative voice, it doesn't happen. You need to sit up, you need to put your shoulders back for that to happen. So you can pretty much gauge what that other person's feeling and thinking on the other end of the phone when you're uh, talking to them. So I can t- I can tell you right now that sitting sitting back in a in a barker lounger and trying to host a podcast would be very difficult. It might be very comfortable, but uh, I probably wouldn't be a very engaged host. That would be right. If you've done it for a, a, a quite a lot, the first times you're doing it, no, it wouldn't come through very well. But if that was a style that you found that you were trying to get a personable um, relationship with the person on the phone on the on the podcast then it's a case of, yeah, be a little bit more relaxed because you're getting into a conversation where you're both going to be talking backwards and forwards. That's fine. But if you're trying to uh, put your uh, point across and really come across as an authority on uh, what you do, and that's what you'd be doing if you're trying to uh, sell a a product, you need to be able to sit up. You need to be able to um, project your voice and be able to connect with the person that way. So being able to do this, uh, being able to uh, communicate to folks based on how they maybe uh, want to be communicated with. Uh, maybe you mentioned writing a proposal for somebody and being able to think about how how much information they really want based on their overall personality profile. Um, I guess get, get me back to why is profiling something that we should spend time on and um, you know what, what are some of the benefits of this? Well, the first thing that we know is that people don't buy our products or services. They buy us. It's the relationship that we're able to build. So it always comes down to rapport and trust. If the person doesn't trust us, they're not going to buy from us. They'll only buy from us if we're a monopoly and they have to buy. And then they're going to be trying to screw us down on the price. So you need to be able to make that connection with somebody. If you want a a loyal customer or a client who uh, stays with you, then that uh, rapport has got to be uh, genuine. It's, uh, it's not something you can just put on, make that in- initial connection and go, right, now I've got you. Uh, people uh, read everybody else un- unconsciously. As you said before, um, uh, the skills, they are innate. They're built into us. So as young children, we're extremely good at reading people. But as we get older, because we've got so many other things going on in our lives, it's like any muscle. If you don't work it, it atrophies. So the end result is this is a skill that we had as young children, but we start to uh, consciously forget it as we're getting older. 
all I do, um, and that's when people talk about the intuition, they go, well, here's something for you. Say, how many times have you found that you've been listening to somebody speaking, everything they've said sounded really spot on, but then you just went, no, there's something wrong here. I just don't trust them. That's your, uh, people will say, oh, I intuitively picked it up. Well, it's your unconscious mind that's picked up the nonverbals. There's incongruencies between the what they're saying and the way they're saying it. So we all do this. So being able to make sure that you connect with the person the right way, they're also going to be reading you as well, unconsciously. And they're making their decisions based on what they actually feel at that level. So it's so important to be able to read the person, connect with them on their, their level, get a conversation going that, uh, that we build uh, rapport between uh, both parties as quickly as possible. Because as I say, if we miss the uh, first opportunity of building rapport, it can take up to 27 times to uh, get that rapport back. And if you're in sales, you're not going to get that many uh, opportunities to go back to that one client. So you need to get it done right away. So Alan, what are some basic, uh, I, I imagine this field, when you mentioned to me uh, facial features, there's a lot of different types of facial features. You mentioned body language and mm -hmm. micro expressions. I imagine there is, uh, and even just thinking about personality types, even if I could notice things, what does that actually mean? Uh, I imagine that there's lots of different combinations of these things. And the study of this could probably uh, be something that we could invest the rest of our life in. And, and you obviously have, have invested a lot of time in this. What are some simple things that we could be thinking about um, without, like, I, I can only imagine myself that I'm just, I'm just trying to picture the next time I, I'm in front of somebody, I'm going to be analyzing their body language and their micro expressions, and I'm going to forget to talk. <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> deep in thought about uh, how to profile this person, and I'm going to forget to actually engage with them. So uh, what are some of those things that you teach people that are maybe some simple methods that, that could make this valuable for them? Right. Well, as you said, there's a lot of traits and I'm looking at anything up to about 80 traits in the face. So you look at the combination possibilities there. Uh, it's a huge number. It's a lot of uh, zeros on the end of it. So the combinations are quite huge, but it's a matter of just picking up some uh, basic uh, traits. Some of the, because a profile you build up by looking at what stands out the most on someone's face, look at the next trait and does that moderate or enhance the first one? So as you then go through the traits, you're getting through traits then have got uh, less of an impact. So you don't have to know all of those. So if you're in sales or just somebody who wants to build better relationships with team members, with family, uh, with their children, anything like that, uh, it's just a matter of learning a few basic ones. And then when it, and the thing is that uh, you don't have to worry about, well, I've got to profile them when I um, first uh, sit down with them. If you know what they look like beforehand, you've got that out of the way. Now you're able to speak to them in the way that uh, the traits are telling you and you're getting your instant feedback because you're able to sense it very quickly and without having to learn all the different body language um, uh, possibilities or facial exp uh, expressions. So some of the, uh, well, I would say that to most people, the amount of information that somebody requires. Um, you can think about somebody who's really concentrates and focuses in on wanting all the details the muscles in the eyes actually cause the, what they call the epithelial fold. It's that fold of skin that's above your eyelash uh, and underneath your eyebrow. Some people don't have one. Some people have a very high set one. 
and others have one where the eyelash starts to go underneath that fold of skin. If it's somebody who um, uh, analyzes, needs all the information before they can make a decision, that uh, eyelash will be actually underneath their uh, uh, epithelial fold of skin. If there's somebody who just wants the big picture, that uh, line is going to be well away from the eyelash or it may not even, a uh, person may not even have one. So you know that if you're going to start speaking to somebody who's analytical, uh, yep, give them all the details, start to tell them about it. They'll want to know the depth of every item as it comes up. Whereas the uh, person who just wants the big picture will be shutting down very quickly after, if you start to go into detail, they say, no, just tell me the whole, the big picture, and then they'll ask the questions that they want to know. So if you're writing a proposal, you can write it in the same way. You can even preempt it uh, by saying, I can see that you're, you know, you would just like the big picture. And then you can explain the big picture and say there's some details here that you can read if you need to read them. So there are ways of doing it in written format and there are ways of doing it in, uh, in speech. So that would be something, that eyelash thing, as long as the photo was clear enough from a social media profile or, uh, you know, meeting them in person or whatever, you, you could you could do that. Um, That's right. See, and that photograph doesn't need to be that clear either. You can read it from a thumbnail. I've had, um, uh, or if you look at a lot of uh, LinkedIn profiles, they're, um, they're not the best quality. A lot of them are grainy. So, but you can still see if the line, that epithelial fold is uh, right on the eyebrow, on the eyelash, I should say, or it's um, higher up towards the eyebrow. I'm, I'm pulling up my own LinkedIn profile as we're talking to see. So I, I'm curious, I, I'll throw myself uh, out there. I mean, I know you mentioned that you can kind of do this with folks on the fly. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is linkedin.com slash Brent Weaver. I'm not sure if you have that pulled up, but I'm happy for you to uh, throw some uh, some profiling at me to see kind of where you where you land. Obviously, you've been able to talk with me for a little bit on our program and our pre-interview hear the tone of my voice and style of my speech uh, as well as uh, happy for you to look at you know one social profile so this would be maybe the same amount of information that somebody would have doing one sales call on somebody where they've never met them on in person where they've they've been able to do a little bit of research on them or at least pull up their profile and talk to them for you know a half hour or so uh, and I'm kind of curious as to what are some of the things that you might be able to throw at me well, I look at uh, your profile. One of the things I can see straight away is you find the errors in everything. If you're looking at a document, all the errors on the page are going to jump out at you. Would that be right? What do you mean exactly by that? Well, if you're reading a document, somebody sent something through to you or you're reading a, an article and there's errors in there. There's something like uh, uh, dots on the eyes missing, the spacing missing, uh, where they've misspelled words, well, the, the words might have the first letter and the last letter in the right place and the others mixed up, uh, where a lot of people can read that and not even notice it, you'll pick all those errors up very quickly. Right? <laughs> I, I, um, I am known for uh, people that, that double space in business in their writing. Um, that does <laughs> irk me beyond all belief. And I have written uh, several uh, team members that have come on to our team over the years the double or triple space, um, we have had some some knockdown drag outs over that. Um, and I'm sure other stuff. I mean, I can definitely pick out uh, uh, it, it, detailed errors like that, but that's an interesting observation. I mean, that's something that I'd say back when I was running my agency, um, 
you know, I would pull up a page and probably spot an issue with it um, within within seconds that maybe other folks had had not seen. And that's it. That was one of the first things that I saw. So that if I'd looked at your profile before and before I'd actually sent you some information uh, earlier on, it would be a case of um, making sure that I uh, checked it, made sure the spacing because I do sometimes double space at the beginning of the next sentence. Uh, I would have just gone through and made sure that I had it absolutely <laughs> right because you would have picked it up straight away. I also know that you know, you're more on the, the analytical side from what I can see there. So you need all the information before you make a decision. I had a friend once uh, say to me, he said, no, no, he said, I'm big picture. And I went, every time I'm talking to you, uh, Richie, you always, um, as soon as I mention one thing and I go to the next one, because I'm more towards the uh, the big picture, I said, you stop me and you drill down on the last item. Then you go to the next one, you drill down. And he went, oh, yeah. And I said, well, and he said, look, I don't always have to have the information. He said, I'll get somebody else to get it for me. And I went, you just hear yourself. You still <laughs> told me you need the information before you made a decision. Just somebody yeah. else is going to do the grunt work, right? That's right. So if he gets someone else to do that uh, work, then he was fine. But he had to have it before he could make his decision. So... And by the way, I always point out to people, there's no right or wrong trait. Every trait we have has an upside and every trait we have has a downside. And the downside comes out when we're stressed and the upside is where our strengths are. And if an employee or an employer, I should say, uh, can recognise an employee's uh, traits, they know what tasks to give them so that they're more productive. If the staff member is happier, they will be more productive and everybody's a winner. So being able to read the traits is very important from that point. But also I can see that um, uh, there's a certain level of uh, methodicalness to the way that you do things. The detail's got to be there, whether you use the detail or not. Uh, you just need to know that, yes, all the detail's there if you need to draw on it or when you want to draw on it. Even though you uh, need all the information before you make a decision, once you've got your decision, it's right, let's just get on with it. It's uh, what I call a... Um, a physical motive trait. In other words, you're motivated by action. Just give me the best way to do it and let me get on with it. And you uh, like a lot of variety in what you're doing. So it's uh, instead of doing the same thing over and over, having variety uh, is uh, going to be something that uh, drives you as well. So, um, and a lot of ideas that you come up with. So I can see those straight away, but I also know that if I met you in person, uh, I could expect you to come up and stand closely to me because you're quite comfortable standing close to people when you meet them for the first time. There are a few of the things that just uh, pop out straight away on the face that I can see there. And as you know, your uh, image on uh, LinkedIn is only a small one when it comes up on the screen. And it's a, it's, it's a few years younger, but uh, uh, most of what you said, I think, is, is spot on. And I think it would give you enough. I mean, it sounds like it would give you enough to potentially communicate with me off the bat in a little closer alignment to with what I probably prefer to be uh, communicated with. Mm. And I know you're fairly concise as well. So it's, um, uh, it's not going to be a long drawn out uh, conversation. It's like, if you ask somebody for directions, you know, some people will give you the whole tour where other people are really concise where they will just say, you know, turn left at this point, go up the road, turn right, et cetera, and 300 metres on the, the right-hand side. Uh, but you're a, you know, a little bit more than that. You'll give a bit more detail. But I know that if I just waffle on, you're going to uh, uh, shut down and try and get me to move forward. You know, come on, let's... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, might maybe some of my uh, my existing uh, clients or past customers might agree with that a little bit. Like, hey, I was uh, I was just you know not not taking action with what Brent had said, and he was ready to move on, and he wanted us just to to do this and uh, and get on with it. So, so yeah, I mean that that's really interesting. So, I mean, just from a very limited amount of information. I mean, I think what stands out to me is that you can at least take some educated guesses mm. about somebody's personality based on simply looking at a photo, which is, um, I mean, that's huge. I mean, even if you're not 100% on, even if you're in the ballpark, mm. uh, being able to do that is something that maybe uh, would help you uh, build those relationships, that rapport that trust with people faster. I mean, I think, and and you mentioned this before is that somebody's saying all the right things, but it's not working out for you. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's the best case scenario. I mean, I think a lot of times we might be saying things and, you know, completely missing the mark on how somebody wants to communicate with, or maybe somebody is even communicating to us in a way that is, it it is offensive or it's, you know, it's actually turning us off and making us, um, a detractor of that product or that brand or that politician or that leader. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about the, the, the slightly missing the mark. I'm, I'm worried about, you know, totally mm. whiffing it. That's it. So you're in a conversation, you can make a couple of errors and the person's, you know, you'll see the reaction in their face to the expressions, et cetera, but it's usually not over damaging. It's something that, um, you know, when the whole conversation, the bigger scheme of things, it's, it's negligible. But the more you're able to see, the more accurate you can make that uh, conversation and build that rapport. You know, we've got a lot of friends and quite often you know, there are times when we have a bit of a, you know, we're not quite in agreement with each other, but we're still friends. So, and that's because we've built that foundation quite strong at the beginning that we're then tolerant of uh, things that may, little things that we do that uh, aren't uh, congruent. So we've talked a couple of things on uh, the facial features and looking at images. Tell me a little bit about body language. What are some of the obvious signs, positive or negative, that we might be able to pick up uh, when we're speaking with people either over video conferencing or in person that might be valuable for us to think about? Well, we're able to see the person. You're looking at, in thing is, most people go, well, looking at folded arms, for instance, I did a workshop yesterday with about 70 people and uh, I asked them at the time, uh, you know, what's folded arms? And everyone's saying, oh, you're closed off. It could also be that I'm cold. It could be so that I'm also um, intimidated. You know, if I've got my arms folded and I'm, you know, I'm talking to you on the video and I'm actually leaning on the desk and I'm leaning forward, what's the rest of, you know, that's not so much that I'm closed off. I can be just uh, holding my body up but because I'm leaning forward without falling into the computer screen. What's the rest of my uh, body language saying? So you've always got to look at it in, uh, in clusters. What's, if you might see a number of different indicators, but what are they all telling you together? There used to be an old saying, get all your ducks in a row. And that's what you're doing. You're looking at as many indicators as you can and making sure that they're all pointing in the same direction. And then you become pretty precise that that's what the person's feeling. Now, if I was standing uh, in a, a real situation with you, I had my arms folded and I'm uh, leaning towards you, I'm nodding, my whole body is facing directly towards you, then I'm interested. The arms folded could be that I'm just giving myself a bit of a warm hug because I'm intimidated by the people who are around me. Uh, but if my feet, I'm leaning back and my feet are facing towards the door, then yeah, I'm closed off. 
So it's, you've got to see it in the context, along with the, uh, as many other indicators as you can. You never rush it. So how long, I mean, you're, you obviously have a gift of this, uh, and I can imagine for the next 24 to 72 hours, I'm going to be uh, analyzing the people around me's body language and, you know, taking longer to respond to them or think about it. Um, but I mean, if you got good at this, assuming that you went and read a book or two or something like that, and I definitely want to get some recommendations of where to start if you're interested in learning more about this later. Mm -hmm. Um, but is this something where you learn some basics and it can become kind of second nature that you can actually read and respond, you know, kind of in real time without having to sit there and, and because I'm just imagining myself in a meeting, I'm going to, I'm going to see somebody with folded arms and I'm going to say, Alan said, don't just look at that. Let's get my ducks in a row. I'm going to, I'm going to look under the desk at their feet and see where their feet are pointed. And then I'm going to be like, well, they're, they're pointed towards me. So it means that they're not closed off. So I'm going to keep talking, but if their feet are pointed to the door, I'm going to maybe try to ask them what's going on. What are they not connecting with? Right. So, I mean, it's very connected to the, uh, the levels of learning, as we know, that unconscious incompetence when we don't know that we don't know how to, uh, like driving a car, for instance, we don't know we don't know how to drive the car. Then we have that conscious incompetence when we actually start to drive and we go, oh, my God, you know, I don't know how to drive this thing. Then we have that conscious uh, uh, competence when we, um, we, we're driving, we're, we know what we're doing, we're thinking about it. But then we get to that level, we've got the unconscious incompetence where we just, you know, you get in the car and we were taught to adjust our mirror, put our seatbelts on, uh, look over our shoulder, all that stuff. We used to, when we were consciously competent, we were thinking about that. Now we're unconsciously competent and we don't think about it at all. So it just comes down to repetition. But as I say to people, don't try and learn too much. Learn a few things and master those. So uh, while you, you know, learn a couple of the traits, then look for those in people. But also remind yourself to be present when they're talking because they're going to pick it up if you're not really concentrating on what they're saying. So take a couple of traits. When I do a training course, I don't sit people down and go through everything. It's a matter of learn these couple of traits, go away, practice them, get uh, your feeling around them, then come back and learn some more and then we'll layer the new ones on top of it. So you start to build your experience as you go. And I generally find, especially when I'm doing uh, live trainings, people come back the next week and go, uh, you know, I haven't been able to stop all week. I've been looking at everybody. <laughs> and uh, I had one guy who uh, we were doing a four-week program and he came back in on the, the second night, walked in. He waited till everybody else was uh, through the door and sitting down. And he walked in, slung the door open and pointed his hand right out at me and said, you know, you lied to me. And he looked at the, the rest of the people in the group and he said, he lied to us, didn't he? Now I looked at him and said, what? And he said, you told us at the end of the course, I'd never look at people the same way again. I said, yeah, but this is only night two. He said, no, it's already happened. He said, I sprung on the way home in the train profiling people. <laughs> I guess that would make even train, you know, probably a great place to practice, uh, exactly. but try not to stare at people too long. Yeah. Otherwise, you might have not the best outcome uh, on that. I told him next time, get yourself a newspaper and couple, cut a little eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> wear, wear sunglasses, wear dark glasses and a hat if you're going to profile in public. Um, That's it. But uh, now he says our people pass him in the street and he, without even looking uh, directly at them, out of the peripheral uh, vision, he's able to pick up those traits. And so, you know, and as I said, here's your task for this week. You've got all these traits. This one, go and have a look for as many people as you can, what level they're at. And... 
then uh, once they're able to read it and understanding what it means, <coughs> excuse me, and then start to apply and layer more on. And it becomes quite natural very quickly. One guy that I recently trained, he was a renovator, who um, home renovator, who was getting about 50% conversion rate after the uh, six weeks program, that turned around to being 80 to 90%. And that was just on learning uh, eight traits hmm. over uh, that period of time. That's really cool. You mentioned earlier the a term micro expressions. Is that mm. the same thing as body language or is that something that's an even finer tuned thing to look for? Well, this is all in the face. And um, uh, before I move on to that, one of the things, when you're looking at someone's face, instead of focusing on, say, a trait or trying to see an expression, you actually soften your gaze because if you soften your gaze and you're looking at the whole face, you'll actually see a lot, a lot more. And you don't then come across as though you're trying to drill into their, uh, their face with your, um, your gaze. So soften your uh, expression, uh, your, your, your gaze on the person so you're taking in the whole face and when you're able to do that a micro expression is an expression that's very fast so the face can pull over um oh, it's got 43 muscles it can pull over 10,000 different expressions paul ekman who uh, is one of the uh, psychologists here in uh, california did his research from 1969 through to today and he found that uh, there are seven expressions out of those 10,000 or 3,000 he actually gave names to and created a, uh, a training program where you can learn all of those. And that's hundreds of hours of excitement. <laughs> or you can just uh, learn uh, seven expressions, which are anger, contempt, disgust, happiness and sadness, fear and surprise. They are universal. So it doesn't matter if you've been born in a capital city, you were born in a, a, a tribal village, or you've been blind from birth. If you feel anger, your face is going to be showing anger. And a micro expression is because we are uh, emotional beings and we unconsciously react to things that are said and happen around us, and then our conscious mind steps in and tries to control it, that, that duration of time before between the, the uh, unconscious mind reacting and the conscious mind taking over can be as short as a fifth of a second down to one twenty-fifth of a second. That's why we call it a micro expression because it's so fast. It's as fast as a snap of fingers. But once you've uh, been looking for it, you, uh, you'll pick them up very quickly. And that's, uh, that'll give you the definite feedback, especially if you're doing a video where you can't see the rest of the person's body, but all you can see is their face. That will give you so much information. And because it's unconscious, it's uncontrollable. And therefore the face is going to leak information all the time. Fascinating. I, and I'm sure a lot of us have been that have ever sold anything have been in that situation where maybe who we're selling to or what we're pitching them on or even maybe our team or we're assigning a project where uh, maybe somebody is trying to, you know, they, they, they put on their formal nicety of, oh, thanks for coming in. Right. But maybe the, the split second before that, at the end of your presentation or the end of your pitch or the end of or maybe right when you start talking, there might be specific cues that if you could read those you know, even though they're going to give you kind of their formal keeping up appearances and not be mean to you, or, or maybe they're ready to sign the deal. It could go either way, but there's probably some cues that people give uh, that you could read. And if you studied what 
Alan is is working on, uh, you could probably pick this stuff your stuff up yourself. Uh, but you might be able to get the answer to some of your questions strictly through body language. It's kind of what I'm hearing from you is that there's there might be, you know, if if you're off track and somebody is maybe giving one of these contempt expressions or disgusted and then they go to oh yeah hey thanks for coming in and they they give you a nice smile maybe in that micro expression was the truth right yeah well that's right and this in the smile itself you get those little uh, laughter lines those wrinkles out the corner of your eyes they only appear you know under two situations one you're really squinting at the sun blazing into your eyes or you've got uh, full enjoyment and it's when you have that full enjoyment <coughs> excuse me that um the muscles really tighten around the eyes and cause those little uh, folds. So if you get a smile where they've got it in the mouth and the uh, around that area, but there's no lines, it's just a social smile. It's not a genuine, I'm really happy to have you here. Now I'm going to be thinking about my own smile. <laughs> am, I, am I smiling at people with the eyes squinting or am I smiling at people and not squinting the eyes? So that's a good, uh, that's a good one. Well, we're pretty safe on podcasts, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan, this has been fascinating, and I'm I'm very much interested to hear uh, your book recommendation in a second. Are you are you ready for our lightning round? Uh, yeah, but one thing I would just say to because you've got a lot of um, uh, people who work offline who design you know, uh, products for uh, for online. If you're putting a website together for somebody else, the photos that you put in there, knowing how to actually take those the right way and what impression that's going to give to the people who are watching it can make that uh, website so much more successful. You can have your SEO and everything else in place, but if people get there and they look at the photograph and they'll just unconsciously decide whether they like that person or not. And it takes a 30th of a second for somebody to do that or 30 milliseconds actually for somebody to actually work out whether they like that person or not. And so having the, the images right on the websites, extremely important. Wow. You are, uh, I think you're, you're blowing my mind right now, just thinking about whether or not, I mean, even uh, using stock photography, and sometimes you go to a website and people are like, oh, that's stock photography, and whether it is or isn't, maybe it's because they're, they're reading the images and it's not aligning with the brand or not aligning with their Ooh. idea of who they are as a customer. Um, that's that's really interesting that even Ooh. profiling goes beyond just whether you're talking to somebody, but even just in the products and services that we're delivering to our clients, that we have to be thinking about this in terms of their customer's customer. That's right. It's Fascinating. A little altogether. Yeah, we could go. We could go. We could go further down some of these, these rabbit holes, Alan. I I wish I had I had more time with us to uh, to talk about this. I think my uh, my note is going to be to have you come and give a more thorough presentation to our mastermind community. So hopefully you'll uh, you'll be game for that. I'd love to do that. Um, all right. Now, are you ready for lightning round? Yep. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I ever received was the most important thing I ever learned is the next thing I learn after I know everything. So <laughs> never assume. Always keep an open mind. Ah, very good. And uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? <laughs> I would say uh, tenacity. Um it was, uh, you know, doing things that uh, no, nobody had really heard about before and always being out uh, front, sometimes feeling I was built, actually born uh, years before my time. Uh, it's just being, knowing what your purpose, set your purpose in place and really stick to it. So that tenacity to make sure that the purpose and the passion uh, come together and uh, you keep focused. 
Is there an internet resource or a tool that you use that you think our listeners would find value in? Um, not so much that I've really used. I, I do use um, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook, uh, being able to connect with people first of all. You know, if I know that I'm going to speak to somebody, if I can go and find their face and have a look, having that ability to be able to get an understanding of the person before I talk to them just makes that conversation so much better. And actually having their face there, you know, and it's been good when you asked me to bring up the LinkedIn profile, I'm now looking at your face and it feels more comfortable because it's almost like you're in the room with me. Mm. I mean, I think that's even just, I mean, that is really good advice. I know it was, it was really a tool question, but spending a little bit of time ahead of a meeting and we always tell our our our, uh, our folks in our boot camp, you know, spend at least the amount of time that you're going to spend meeting with somebody preparing for that meeting, but spending a little bit of time pulling up their LinkedIn profile, pulling up their social profile, seeing if there's anything obvious where there's a potential, you know, connection, or even in your case, you're profiling, you're able to see, you know, how does this person like to be communicated with? I think you can probably pull a lot of value from that. So that's great. Exactly. Uh, as far as uh, LinkedIn, uh, sorry, um, uh, internet tools, um, I'm only just really coming into the uh, technology age myself, so uh, I could take <laughs> advice from your listeners, actually. On well, we have almost 40 shows where great, uh, you know, great entrepreneurs have recommended a tool, so you can uh, take a look through our, our podcast notes. I'll have to go through the uh, library. And I usually just I leave I usually leave this open ended about what book would you recommend and why. Uh, but I would like to know if if there are any books on profiling and any of the stuff that you've talked about that would be a good first start uh, for our our listeners in terms of a good book recommendation on this topic. Well, I uh, wrote one a little while ago for it was called The Face: How to Find the uh, uh, What Was It Now the um, uh, the Career That Matches Your Personality. And that's just an ebook that uh, looked at a fifth of the, oh, sorry, a third of the traits from zero to five, uh, from a third of them then to up to the age of 10 and those before you leave school to give people a bit of an understanding of um, uh, when they go through school, what uh, hobbies and sports and careers would suit them. So that's out on, uh, let me see now, Amazon and on, uh, on Google. So um, they're available. Uh, there are some books by Naomi Tickle, who's a really good friend of mine over there in the States. She's written some very good books. And I'm in the process of starting to put my own books together now. Very cool. And you also mentioned earlier, um, who was it that had done the seven, the 10,000 expressions and had named Paul three? Ekman. Paul Ekman. So uh, does he have any, any stuff out there? That'd be great to include in our, in our show notes as well. He's got quite a few books, and funny enough, I can't really think of uh, the titles right now. But I've um, I haven't been looking at the covers so much, but I've been really into the pages in between. Yeah. Uh, if you look for Paul and Ekman, E K M A N, you'll find uh, quite a few books that'll come up on Amazon straight away. Yeah, cool. We'll uh, we'll do some work on that for the show notes. Um, Alan, how can our listeners find out more information about you? And is there anything that you have for them that they would find valuable? Okay, well, the first way to find me is through my website, which is alan, A-L-A-N, Stevens, S-T-E-V-E-N-S, dot com, dot A-U. And you'll be out, and what I usually say to people is, yes, you can find a lot about me in there, but go to the uh, success stories, uh, tab and you'll find uh, videos in there, there must be a bit, at least 80 of them now from people in all walks of life 
I've worked with people in PTSD, with children, with schools, uh, in corporations. And these are testimonial videos that have come through anything up to five or six years after I've done, uh, I've actually worked with the people. So it's not something you go to a, a, um, a motivational seminar, they, they uh, film you and then you go home and all of a sudden now the real world slaps you back in the face and you're back to where you were. These are results that people are still getting all after that time. If those other people then who want to actually have a, uh, a shot at uh, some of the online courses, which is an easy way to get started, the easiest way to find them is through my website again with the forward slash and the word courses, and that will automatically redirect them to the uh, platform, uh, the training platform where they can find those online courses. They're in modular form. Um, each module usually takes uh, 10 to 15 minutes each. And the uh, course I mentioned before, the guy that uh, did it over six weeks, so that was face-to-face -face with me through the internet, that course was then put online. And you can do that in less than two hours and uh, learn at least eight traits, go back to it whenever you want to. And that's a way of uh, getting started on the program. Awesome. Alan, we will link out to all of those resources. Uh, so if you guys are listening right now and you want to take a look at Alan Stevens' uh, website or go to his courses, check our show notes, or of course you guys can uh, type that, uh, probably just type it Alan Stevens and uh, uh rapid profiling or uh, profiling probably into Google and find him just the same. But check out our show notes. We'll link out to all of these resources for you guys. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Alan, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Now, you know, if anyone wants to connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, I'm a very sociable person. So uh, just send me a request. <laughs> very cool. So we'll link out as well to your, uh, your Facebook profile. Our uh, team will connect with you on that. Make sure that our audience has access to that as well as LinkedIn. Thanks, and uh, yeah, this has been a great interview. I can't wait to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do some homework. I'm going to maybe do one of your courses. And uh, I think I could, I could pull a lot of value from learning some of this myself myself. So thanks again, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, well, the business essentials course will be the one that you'll get the best benefit out because it gives you downloadable sheets on how to talk to the people as well. Nice. So there's a lot of resources you can walk away with. Very cool. Well, that's our program for this week, guys. Uh, tune in next week for another great episode of the Digital Agency Show. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 